0: Turn with me, if you would. I, I want to just finish off what we were talking about uh, recently. We've been talking uh, uh, about this wonderful message um, called the, "The Mechanics of Violent Faith," and, and this kind of all. Uh, you can just put it there, and I'll go get it. Thank you, sir. Uh, this this has uh, this started out with. Uh, Talk, teaching about the Lord said this statement to me. Some of them are asking, but they're not laying hold. So we talked a little while ago about not just asking in faith, but laying hold in faith. And then once we got through that, the Lord started saying to me, uh, talk about uh, the mechanics of faith. And I titled it the mechanics of violent faith. Violent faith is more the spirit of faith. It's an attitude. It's an aggression. It's a. It's a. I, 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 I no take no. Not taking prisoners on this, Lord. I'm not holding back. Uh, I'm not just asking. I'm laying hold. I'm claiming. I'm. Pulling. I'm demanding. It's aggressive. And we see that spirit of faith, that violent faith in Matthew eleven twelve. Uh, 12. Let me read it to you. Would that be okay? I'm actually going to read it. It says, uh, I, I can quote it to you from the, from the King James. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it, take it. There's a taking and an aggressive violent taking suffers violence and the violent take it by force by force. So we know that there's a violent element to taking things, to receiving and taking things from God. But I love the Passion Translation because the Passion Translation, if I can find it here, what did I say? Matthew 11:12, 12. And it says, from the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people have taken hold of its power. You see, there is a bursting forth in the and God has a bursting forth in the kingdom for you to enjoy but you got to take it you can't just sit back and just have a little sweet prayer you got to not just believe in faith and ask in faith that's the prayer of faith mark 11:24 is the prayer of faith but you got to lay hold of that thing and grab it and not let it go and and keep reminding God every day by praising him you don't have to keep asking him once you've asked you've asked you know, if the Holy Ghost prompts you to bind the devil again, then bind the devil again. But once you've, once you've laid hold and you've taken that, just you keep praising him and praising him and praising him and praising him because your praise releases that power from God to go and manifest the answer to you at the right time. And so we, we talked about laying hold and taking it and that act, that attitude of the spirit of faith. And then the Lord said, now now that you've been talking about that, talk about the mechanics, because it's one thing, Jenny, to have that aggressive attitude. I'm going to take it, praise God. But if they don't understand the next steps, uh, they'll be robbed a little bit. It's more than just taking it. Really taking it is part one, number one, which is claim what you need. That's the taking it. That's the, that's the, you don't just ask by faith, but you ask with the spirit of faith. But really, that's all I had been preaching really, if you want to break it down, is point number one, is that you claim what you need, and you take it by force. Praise God. You, you, you're, not, you're not forcing God's hand, but you're laying hold, and you're saying, Father, I'm, I will not be denied in the name of Jesus. I'm believing you, and your, Lord, your your word will come through for me. That, but we talked about that, but then I started talking about the, the mechanics of violent faith. Violent faith is that aggression, but there's more than just step one, which is claim it. There's other steps, and if you don't do those, those steps, you'll be robbed. You won't have the full impact and the full reception of what God has for you. And so let's just for a second, read with me if you wouldn't mind. I'm not going to read all the verses again, but I just want to read. I want to read Mark 11. I know you all know it by heart, but it's just good to let our eyes fall on it once again. Mark 11, chapter, 20, uh, chapter 11, verse 23. Let's look at verse 22. And Jesus answering them, talking about the fig tree. He had just answered something with his words. And, and a dramatic act happened. It, it, it dried up from the root. And then he, in, in light of that miracle, verse 22 is written, he answered them saying unto them, have faith in God. In other words, what I've just done with the fig tree, speaking, answering a problem, answering lack, and then seeing something happen because of my words, that is the faith of God. And he's saying, I want you to have the same faith that I have. The same faith of God is available to you. A lot of religious people say, well, you can't have God's faith. Well, I guess Jesus was wrong then because he told us we could have God's faith. In fact, he challenged us and said, have the faith of God. If it wasn't possible to have the faith of God, why would he even offer it to us? No, it's very possible. Have the faith of God. And then he tells us what this faith is. Let's start with verse 24, if you don't mind. And it says, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, didn't just say need, it said desire. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. And the original Greek says received them at the time you pray, past tense, and you shall future tense have them. So when, that's, that's the claiming it. That's the taking it. Lord, I believe when I pray that I believe I receive. I believe I have received at the time I pray. I don't believe I've received when my eyes see it. I believe I've received at the time I pray. Father, I'm believing for the money for my new tractor. Let's say, for example, Father, I'm believing for the lump. Let's say you have a lump somewhere to go away. You don't wait until you see the lump disappear or the money show up to release your faith. You release your faith before you see the lump disappear and before you see the money show up. You say, Father, I believe I have received at the time I pray in the name of Jesus that that healing for this area or finances for this thing. Now, Lord, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the guaranteed evident proof of things that are not yet seen. So I don't need to see the lump disappear and I don't need to see the money come. My faith is the guarantee that it will come to pass. So I Father, I ask you now, I believe that I have received in the name of Jesus healing. I believe I have received that finances, that that job, the new clients, whatever your situation is, I believe I have received it now in the name of Jesus. My job, my side is to believe you and thank you. That's my job. Your job, it says, and ye shall have it. Your job is to manifest it. You got the hard part. I got the easy part. Your job is to move situations, touch people's hearts, do whatever you need to do, Father, and cause what I've just besought received by faith that I don't see yet, that I don't have any emotions or any, right. none of my senses can see it. I'm just just believing by faith. People call it blind faith because the Bible says you don't, you, the just shall live by faith, not by sight. You can't see it. So it, it is blind from that perspective. You can't see it manifesting, but faith is what you believe when it's invisible yeah. to you. you. It always starts the, the just shall live by faith. It starts by faith. Walk by faith, not by sight, the Bible says, but it doesn't end that way. It ends in sight. It starts blind. It starts in the invisible. It starts what you can't see, but it always ends manifesting to you, but it's God's job to manifest it. You can't manifest it. You don't know how the money's going to come. You don't know how the healing is going to come or when it's going to come. That's not your side. If you're worrying about it, if you're thinking about it, you're, you're doing God's side and that's you're not built. He didn't make you to do his side. He made you to do your your side? What is your side? The first part of Mark 11, 24. What's everything you desire? So figure out what it is. When you pray, so talk to God. Believe that you have received it. Just say, Father, I believe I've received it now. I can't see it. Can't feel it. No senses line up. My emotions don't line up. I still feel this. I still feel that. But I choose to believe that I have received it. Why do I have this kind of faith? Because your your word, rhema into your word, revelation into your word, has caused faith to come up on the inside of me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Rhema Word of God. Now I've got the faith by hearing, but it doesn't operate by hearing. It operates by speaking. So now, Father, I say, I believe I have received in the name of Jesus, like Reverend Greer said to me. Every time I'd pick him up during the lunch and the interrupt conversations, remember, during the Mississauga Miracle. And I, and, and we do it, but I wasn't doing it as often as he and I learned a valuable lesson from him just by watching a more mature man of God operate in this. And every every every, every once in a while, maybe once an hour, maybe less, but, but he had said, thank you. Thank you. you just, 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 just interrupt me. Father, thank you. I believe we believe we have received our $276,000 for the property fund. We believe we have received it. Brother Craig, you're in agreement with me. We believe we have received it. We can't see it. We can't feel it. We don't know how it's going to come, but we believe we have received it because that's what faith is. Amen. And I'd say, amen, brother. I believe I have received our property fund. Amen. That's how, that's how easy it is. My job is just simply to believe I have received and praise him. God's job is to touch the people's hearts and cause the money to manifest. He said you shall have it. In other words, you'll see it. You'll have it physically, tangibly manifested. But that's his job to do. My job is not to figure out how it's going to come, when it's going to come. My job is to trust him and thank him for it. Let me read it to you. It's wonderful. My God, wonderful from the Passion Translation. Mark chapter 11... And the Bible says in verse 23, I love it from the Passion, because actually the Passion is more accurate to the original Greek than even the King James's. Mark chapter 11 and verse 24, sorry, and it says, this is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Be convinced that you have received it, and it will be yours. Amen be convinced Amen. that you have received yes. it when you pray and it will that's god manifesting it be yours Amen. this is faith this is what got dad hagen off the bed Amen. this is what changes lives yes. this is what i've been teaching on when, on friday and and during this anointing to prosper series this is what changes finances faith is released the same way in every sphere Make sure you watch Friday night again. Watch all the anointing to prosper. You just look at our archives, it will tell you the name of the the sermon. Watch all the anointing to prosper messages again. I'm telling you, because God is communicating like my wife under the anointing was weeping earlier. God is trying to communicate something about increase to his body. He's, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is on it. Other people in the congregation have told me, Pastor, uh, God, even you're preaching it, but even in my own personal devotion, God just keeps bringing me verse to verse to verse to verse, all about increase, all about prosperity. It's like I'm doing my own Bible study at home, and then I turn on, and you're teaching it from the pulpit. God is trying to say something if you're listening. He wants us to, above all things, to prosper. And that word in the Greek means financial wealth increase, material goods. It doesn't mean spiritual prosperity. We are prospering spiritually by our relationship with God, of course, but this is, in this verse, he's talking about natural increase. I wish above everything that you'd have natural increase and that you'd have health. He wants us to live long and prosper. You see, the the Spock stole that from the Bible. Live long and prosper, that is from the Bible. That is from 3 John verse 2, and no royalties have been paid to the church for them stealing that verse all over the universe, going where man boldly goes, where no man has gone before. I can't really do the thing right. Praise God. But anyway, anyway, God wants us to prosper. And he wants us to live long. That is Third John, verse two. Amen. So, we see here that we've got this this thing that God tells us to. Now, I want you to tell the mechanics. So what what, what do we do here? We've got a situation we got a need. Don't try to figure it out with your mind how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. That's You weren't built for that. That is not your side. And if you try to do it, you will get over into worry. And worry is the opposite. Fear is the opposite of faith. So trying to figure out how God's going to heal you, when he's going to heal you, how the money's going to come, when it's going to come, from where it's going to come, how the new clients are going to come. How the down payment for the house is going to come. Trying to figure it out up here is mental and it will rob you. It will hurt your faith. You weren't told to figure it out. You were told to believe that you received. The Greek says, believe that you have received and you will see it come to pass. So when I, number one, I lay hold with that, with that, not just a prayer of faith, but with an aggressive, violent, taking it like Mark, Matthew eleven twelve 12 says, I'm passionate. The passionate ones lay hold and take it and they Causes them to burst forth. Praise God. I'm going to lay hold. Father, I believe I have received this thing. I take it now. Lord, it might be a stretch of my faith, but I've got it even just by my end of my fingers. I've got it like that 30, 35000 a week when He said, Believe me for that. At first it was right out here. Praise God. I could barely hold it, but I'm doing point one. I believe that I've received it. I claim what I have. I take it now by faith. And then, and then as it starts to slowly manifest, I'm pulling it closer and closer and closer and closer. And As it gets closer to me it's starting to manifest in the natural more and more now money will often do that it's a it's a progression healing could also be a progression or it could be instant you could lay hold of it and not look like nothing's happening and all of a sudden one day you wake up and it's here and it manifested overnight while you slept and you're healed other times it's a progression of healing where it starts getting better and better and better and better but the point is sometimes you can believe for money and the next minute it's there other times it's it's taking its time but you just keep pulling it by the time you've got it here it's manifested in the natural realm. now your faith muscle is not being used because you've got here. So now you've got to reach out and you're going to lay hold of something else. And you're going to say, Father, I lay hold of this nothing, whatever my measure of faith with joy and peace, expectation, anticipation, excitement, not sweating, not fear. But according to Romans 15, 13, with joy and peace in my believing, I lay hold of this and I start pulling it toward me. You see, this is number one, claim what you need. Praise God. These are the mechanics of faith. And I've been teaching that little book on, on, on our Anointed to Prosper series. And I am Say it enough. I'm encouraging you. God is imparting revelation to us, to me, to you. And like we heard on the video, one of the family said, I think it was Wes said, I'm still learning. And Ellie said, We're all learning. That is very true. We're all learning. I'm learning. Dad Hagen was learning when he he went on to be with the Lord. Nobody ever arrives as the wise old sage and, and, and the man with the long white beard, that hermit that knows everything. Nobody ever gets there because the word of God is so full and so dynamite and so packed with eternal revelation. You will learn until you go die or you go in the rapture. And then when we get to heaven, we're going to continue learning because the Bible says that his word lasts forever. Jenny, if the word of God lasts forever and we could learn everything on earth, why would it need to last forever? It's lasting forever because there'll be constant revelation that comes from. And remember, God's word is not bound to 66 books. God's word is whatever God says. And when we get the word of God will continue to be written with God saying things and we'll be learning for eternity what God is saying. So this is not just 66 books. It's going to be God's word, living word for eternity, plus these glorious 66 books. Praise God. So you're always learning. I'm learning. Everybody is learning. So you don't have to ever feel like, well, I'm going to arrive one day and I'll stop learning. We're all on a journey. But what we're trying to get over to you is you need to claim what you need. Don't say, God, when you're ready, bless me. That don't work. DON'T SAY, WELL, LORD, IF IT BE THY WILL. THAT DON'T WORK. THE PRAYER OF CONSECRATION AND DEDICATION DOES NOT WORK WHEN YOU'RE ASKING FOR DEFINITE REQUESTS. IT'S THE PRAYER OF FAITH that works when you ask for definite requests the prayer of faith is mark eleven twenty four. 24 father I lay hold I claim you said whatever I want whatever I desire whatever I need I can ask you I ask you for it now I ask you because you've already provided it at the cross. Jesus took my poverty He took my sickness and he's made me a covenant man through his blood to receive what the father has in store for me I lay hold of it and I take it now. I don't just ask you, but I violently take it in Jesus' name. I believe I receive it now. See, I've done number one. Now, number two, devil, take your hands off it because the devil, I've been teaching this on Friday night. Watch it, but the Bible says the devil is there to abort that plan and that increase for your life and to stop that healing and, and try to keep, put more sickness on you. So tell him to cease and take his hands off it. In the Tell him to take his hands off your body. Tell him to take his hands off your finances. Tell him to take his hands off your kids. If you don't commend him, he won't listen. Well, I'll just let the Lord do it when he's ready. That's a bunch of junk, bunk and hogwash and it don't work. And I know there are people that have listened that don't come to our church, but other people have been inviting them to watch our church and they've got offended with the people that have invited them because how dare your pastor say we can talk to the devil. The Bible doesn't say anything. Well, I guess they've never read their Bible and they're as ignorant as a four dollar bill and as fake as a four dollar bill too. Because if you read your Bible, you'll see that Jesus said in Matthew 16 and Matthew 18, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is used in my name. He's not going to do nothing for us, for the, the devil. He expects us to take care of the devil, not because we have the power, but because he has the power. And he said, I give you my authority. You deal with him. The Bible says, you don't give place to the devil. It didn't say, God, don't give place to the devil in my life. It tells us not to give place to the devil. It tells us to bind and loose. It tells us to speak. It tells us that we have the authority in our mouth in Jesus' name. And anybody that argues with that is ignorant because they haven't read their Bible. And if they've read it but not under revelation of the Holy Ghost, they may have some false doctrine on that. But what I'm preaching to you is the truth. You have authority. The devil will obey you. He's afraid of you. Now, you need to say... He's not afraid of you. He's afraid of Jesus in you. He's afraid of the name on your lips and the authority that you release. You against him one-on-one, mano a mano, you know, hand-to-hand, you'd lose every time. But with the name of Jesus, you win every time because he's given us his authority and he defeated Satan. Yeah. We don't go at him with our own strength. No. We go at it with him in the name of Jesus. Yes. He's yeah. a worthy adversary, but he falls every time when you come at it with that name. Yeah. Claim what you need and tell that rotten devil to take his rotten, cancerous hands off my increase in Jesus' name and believe. Now, let me read you Mark 11, 23. For verily I say unto you that whatsoever things you shall say end this mountain whosoever shall say into this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith will come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he saith. If you will believe that the mountain will be removed, you'll have it. If you believe the devil will take his hands off it, you'll have it. This is the commanding kind of faith. Mark 11 24 is the receiving kind of faith. The receiving we do from God. We don't command God, we receive from him, but we don't talk gently to the devil. We don't talk gently to mountains or fig trees or obstacles the mark 11:23 is still faith but it's the commanding kind of faith and that's when you aggressively boldly command in Jesus name you don't command God you command circumstances and you command darkness and the mountain will obey you the fig tree will obey you the sycamine tree Jesus said will obey you and the devil will obey you praise God. We see that with the centurion. Whatever I say, the soldiers do. I'm a man under authority and I'm a man in authority. Now, Jesus, you're a man of authority. Just speak. The sickness will obey That's you. It. And Jesus said, you've got great faith. So Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus acquainted faith with authority because they're twin brothers. And here we got the faith verse of Mark 11:24, And we also see faith in Mark 11:23. but it's really talking about authority. So faith and authority work together. So when you claim what you need, you bind the devil down. Now you loose those angels. I'm not going to get into all of that, but there's dozens of verses. They're ministering spirits to help us. Hebrews 11, Hebrews 1:14. release them to go and cause and influence situations, circumstances, and people to cause what you need, especially when it comes to money to come to pass. Then number four, we talked about is praise. Praise is the key. Praise, 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 praise. Lord, I praise you. I thank you. Like Jesus told Dad Hagen, the fourth step is you just praise me that I'm working behind the scenes and don't worry about it. Don't think about it. Just keep praising me. And like Pastor Nancy says, in the rejoicing, power flows. So just keep praising him. Praise him. Lord, I praise you. It'll all come to pass. And when you feel the pain in your body, just say, Father, ha, 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 ha. ha. I praise you. It'll all come. The devil says, what you laughing? I'm laughing at you, fool. Remember Dad Hagen had that conversation with Satan one night? Ha, 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 because he had heart symptoms and he had been healed of a heart condition, but the symptoms came back. Ha, ha, ha. What you laughing at? I'm laughing at you, fool. Why are you laughing at me? I'm laughing at you because you said I won't get healed. That's right, you won't get healed. Ha, 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 ha. Why are you laughing? I'm laughing at you. Why are you laughing at me? Because you said I won't get healed. ha. ha. That's right, you won't get healed. Ha, 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 three times. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, I'm like, what you laughing at? I'm laughing at you. Why are you laughing at me? Because you said I won't get healed. That's right, the devil said you won't get healed. And he said, that's why I'm laughing at you because the Bible doesn't say I'm going to get healed. The Bible says I've already been healed. The Bible says that Jesus healed me. And I've received what Jesus has healed me and I've claimed it by faith and I don't need to feel it and I don't need to see it. It's done because he did it on the cross. That's why I'm laughing at you. I'm laughing because it's about to manifest and you've got nothing to do with it and you can't stop it. And I'm telling you, that's the attitude you've got to have, where you tell the devil, take his hands off. You release those angels to cause it to come, and you start praising and laughing and celebrating and rejoicing. And when you see destruction and famine, just go, ha, ha, ha. Not that you're laughing and rejoicing that there's destruction and famine. You're laughing and rejoicing when you look at it because you know your God's bigger than the destruction and the famine. And then we talked about this, the the fifth part. Do you remember what the fifth part was? Do you have, did you write it down? Call those things that be not. This was from the book of Romans chapter four and verse 17, and I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read it to you again. Romans chapter 4 and verse 17, because much of this comes now from Romans 4, and it says, uh, uh, who quickeneth the dead, God, whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they are. Now, the next three things, Jennifer, number six, n- number five, six, and seven, these steps. I remember I said I'll give you the original four, and then I'm going to give you four more. These, out of these four more, it's five, six, seven, and eight. Five, six, and seven all start with the letter C to help you remember it so it's nice and easy. As you, and they all connect with number four. Number four is praise. Now, I'm just telling you what I do. If you want to do it, it'll help you. If you don't, that's fine. Do your own thing. But I'm telling you, this has helped me immensely over the years. And what I do is I say, "Father, I praise you. I praise you." And then immediately I start doing Romans 4:17, and I start calling, "Father, I call those things that be not as though they are. Father, I thank you that your word says that, that Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sickness. And I feel this problem in my body, but I call my body healed. Remember, Norval Hayes, call your crooked legs straight. Lord, I call my body healed. I call my body healed. I call, my body healed. I call my heart strong, called my blood healthy, called my eyes strong, call my hair follicles thick and strong, call, call my teeth strong. Lord, I call my finances. I call myself rich, not because I want to just be a show off, but because you made Abraham rich. The Bible says clearly that you made him rich in Genesis 12. And Lord, I've got the blessing of Abraham. That means I'm fully supplied for everything I need and every charitable donation. That means I'm rich because you can't give to every charitable nation if you're not rich. But Lord, I call myself see you're calling it. Lord, if, if I'm praying for finances, Father, I, lay, I thank you. I, I lay hold of it. Devil take your hands off it. I release my angels go cause it to come. I'm praising 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 then I go It's all part of the praise. I'm just dividing it for sake of to sake of teaching then I say father I thank you. I call that money in I call that 35,000 I call to you I call I call those things that be not yet as though they already are I thank you that promise of life has 35,000 a week. That's what I say Jenny I say father. Thank you that promise of life has 35,000 already. See I'm calling it. it Thank you that my body is healed. I don't feel it don't see it, but I call my body healed. Say, I'm calling it. That's number five is the letter C for call. Then the second number six is the letter consider. And we're really saying consider not. And the Bible says here in Romans chapter four, praise the Lord. And it says in verse 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. If you consider, you're going to be weak in faith. If you consider, you're going to be weak in faith. But he was not considering and therefore he was not weak in faith. Do you see how they go together? Then down verse, it it says there now in verse 20, was strong in faith, giving glory. So if you want to be strong, praise. And if you want to be weak, keep looking at the problem. Are you listening to me? Yeah. I'm giving you the field interpretation, which is better than the King James. Praise God. I don't even know if he was saved, but I'm saved. I'm telling you what Romans 4.19 and what Romans 4.20 is really saying. If you want to be strong in your faith and in your overcoming, because this is a victory that overcomes our faith, then keep praising and giving glory. And if you want to be weak in your faith and not overcome, keep looking at the problem. Keep talking about the problem. Keep whining about the problem. Keep reading the medical journals about your Problem. Keep getting on the calculator, trying to figure out your financial problem. I didn't say don't have a budget. I didn't say don't get financial planning. That's wisdom. But to stay up all night on a calculator to try to do it 1,900 different ways, it's going to add up to the same thing. You don't. You can't figure it out by trying to remix the whole thing a hundred times. You don't consider your. He didn't consider his body or the problem in his wife's body because you need two to make a baby. And if that's you, don't look at your wife, don't look at you. Don't look at yourself, don't look at your husband. If it's finances, don't look, don't look, don't look. Consider not. This is what I do. I actually verbalize it. A lot of people don't verbalize it. I'm giving you a nugget that'll help you. Father, I praise you. All that money will come in. Now, Lord, I call it in. I call it. I command it. I thank you, Lord. It comes in. I call all that money in 35000 a week. I call it in. I call it in. I thank you. Maybe calling things that be not as though they were. Lord, I thank you that we have the money. I praise you. Promise of life is 35000 a week. It has it. It has it. I praise you. Now, Lord, now actually I verbalize it. Now, Lord, I want you to know that I'm not looking at what's actually she coming in the offering plate. I'm not looking at the budget. I will not consider. I refuse to look at it. Not that I'm denying reality, but I'm not going to hurt my faith. Now, Lord, I will not consider the problem or the circumstance that I face. Instead, I lift my eyes up on you. Remember, verse 20, and I'm strong in my faith giving glory. So I go right back to number four. Praise you. All the money comes in. All the bills are paid. All the the staff salaries are made. Everything we need. The airplane is paid. The hangar is paid. The the current building is paid. The new building, the 11, 12 million that we need. It's coming in. I call it in. I praise you for it. will not consider i look at you jesus you see but you got to verbalize it if you'll verbalize that you're not considering see a lot of people don't do that they'll say in passing oh yeah i'm not considering but they don't tell god they're not considering tell god that you're not considering your circumstance tell him when you're walking and your knee hurts lord i'm not i'm not considering it i refuse i'm healed Thank you, Father, my knees healed. I give you glory. And as you're doing it, it's in pain and you can feel the pain. Lord, I thank you, I call it whole. I thank you that I'm healed and I won't look at it, I won't focus on it. I'm not gonna give energy to it in Jesus' name. I refuse to consider it. Now you say, well, that's denying reality. No, you know, you know it's the problems there, but you don't need to focus on, it. you don't need to look at it because the Bible says that he considered not his own body. So don't consider the problem and you'll start to see that it will take off, your faith will take off in a better way what is now who are we to consider remember god said don't consider when he when he would hold on to those dad he would hold on to those bed posts and they he wore the varnish off because he'd have these symptoms of heart failure and he said and the lord said to him one day don't consider because he was focusing on the fact that he was having the symptoms and god said this verse don't consider your own body and he said but lord what do i look at what do i think about what do i consider if i'm not looking this is very real to me i'm having heart failure even though I know you healed me, but it's the symptoms trying to come back on me. What do I consider? And the Lord quoted him, Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for the joy set before him. He said, Looking unto, and if you look there, I have to read it to you. I know, Jenny, we don't have time, but I'm going to read it anyway. Uh, Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus. Now look at verse 3, it says, For consider him. It actually says the word consider. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. If you keep looking at your, consider your problem, you're going to faint in your thoughts. But if you keep looking, keep your eyes on the word, keep your eyes on the cross, keep your eyes on the covenant, keep your eyes on Jesus who finished it, who started and who's going to finish it. He started your believing and he'll help finish. He'll manifest your healing to you. That's when your faith comes to a conclusion. That's when it finishes and when it manifests, he authored it, started it, and he's going to finish it. In other words, he's going to manifest it. Keep your eye on the manifester. Stop considering your body and consider him stop considering your body Romans 419 and consider him Hebrews 12: 3 stop considering your problem Romans 4:19 and consider him Hebrews 12 3 consider keep your eyes on him how do you do that praise him Father, I praise you. I glorify you. Lord, I thank you that, that this healing power is working. I call my body healed. I call, see, I've gone into number five. I call my body healed. Father, I refuse to consider the, I confuse, refuse to consider the, the symptom, the pain. I will not, I know it's real. I'm not denying reality. I'm just not gonna give my attention or my affection to it. In the name of Jesus, no, I keep my eyes on you. See, I've gone back to number four. I was on six, now I'm back to number four. Praise you, Father. I give you glory. It'll all come to pass. I'm healed. Now, whether you realize it or not, this is good faith teaching and it'll help you. Number seven, the word cast, cast your care. Now, this is very important. You must make a conscious decision, a conscious decision that from this moment forward, you refuse to worry, that worry is a sin and you're not a sinner and you're not gonna yield yourself to sin. Worry is a temptation. It's as powerful as a sexual temptation or an overeating temptation or whatever things the devil tempts you with because he knows the button to push with you. Worry is equally a sinful temptation. Make a decision from that moment forward and verbalize it to God. See, this is where people miss it, Jenny. They think it, but they don't say it. Faith is saying it. You've got to verbalize that you're not considering the circumstance and you've got to verbalize that you're casting your care. It's very easy. Call it Don't consider it and cast it call consider cast call consider cast call consider cast when i'm praising i call it in i don't consider the circumstance and i cast my care i make a decision and a strong intentional decision not some little wispy thing that that that, that is goosebumps i make a a conscious decision and argue a decision about which there is no argument and from which there is no retreat i make a strong decision consciously. I refuse to worry. And the way I'm not going to worry, the world doesn't know. They say don't worry, but they don't have, it's like, it's like saying don't be hungry, but they're not giving the person food. Wow. You can't tell somebody don't worry if you don't give them the answer to the worry. Right. Like you can't tell a hungry man don't be hungry unless you give him food. Do you understand? You got to give them the solution to worry. You can't just say don't worry. The solution, there is no solution to the sinner. <laughs> They they come up with a bunch of stuff, but none of it's it's all has holes in it. None of it works. The real solution to worry is First Peter five seven. It's casting your care or your worry onto the Father, for He cares for you. The only solution to worry is to make a decision. I'm casting my care. That's the only way that you don't worry. You can't just tell somebody don't worry, not tell them how not to worry. The way you don't worry, the the way you actually execute a lack of worry is to cast the care. But if you don't verbalize it out of your mouth, you don't cast it the right way. You don't think a casting of the care. You don't feel a casting of the care because you never feel it. You say the casting of the care. So you start to verbalize, Father, I cast my care over unto you, for you care for me. Can we read that, please, in First Peter? Can we? T- can you turn with your, me and your Bibles to First Peter, and it's chapter five and verse seven. First Peter, chapter five, Amen, and verse seven. I love the Bible. The Bible is my best friend. Praise God. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7, and it says, casting, let's read verse 6, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Verse 8, be sober. Why do you be sober? You just cast your care, you better pay attention. You just cast your care, you better watch out. What do you have to watch out for? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walking around, seeking whom he may devour. Why? He's trying to put the care back on you. Thoughts of fear and nervousness and worry and anxiety about that thing that you just cast, that devil's roaming around, watching, looking. Is that person, if I put that thought, are they going to take it again? Right. If I took, put that thought on them, are they going to take it again? Because if you take the thought, now he has a right to devour you. That's right. He is wandering around, looking, for people that have cast the care, now to try to put that thought, that care back on them. And if you, if you yield to that nonsense and take it back that he's gonna come and devour you. That's why that verse is listed right after the care verse because if you look at it in a a theological context, it's a smooth flow. Cast your care and be careful because the devil's on the watch. He's trying to find an open door. Obviously, what is the open door? Worry, because the previous verse is talking about cares and worry. Don't be afraid, don't let that thought come. Don't take that thought saying, because he'll devour you, but what are you to do when when the thought tries to come, what are you to do? The next verse, whom resist steadfast in the faith? In other words, use your faith in your resisting. Whom resist? When the thought of fear, anxiety, and worry tries to return to you, because it usually does, because he's wandering around, trying to put it back on you, resist that thought Steadfastly aggressively in other words steadfast means that there's a bit of a fight to it That's why it's called a fight of faith. Don't back down Don't get your knees and buckle and knock say father in the name of jesus. I resist the devil I resist the fear. I resist the anxious thought I resist you steadfastly. I'm not moving You can't move me. I resist you with my faith. How do I do it? I believe what I've been saying, devil. I believe I've cast the care. I believe that God's working. I've been praising him that he's working. I'm calling it in and I'm not considering the circumstance and you're not going to have an open door in my life. And I resist you. I will not take that thought. I will not say that thought. I resist you, devil. I resist worry. I resist it like a cancer. I resist it like the bubonic plague. I resist it like COVID-19. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. I will not take the care. That's what I'm saying. T- Sometimes I have to do that out loud, Jenny. Sometimes the thought of fear is so strong. It's so tangible and there's a presence to it. And it will come into the room. I can feel it come. And that that's a roaring lion. He's trying to intimidate me. How does he? See, he not, didn't say a biting lion. It says a roaring lion. But seeking whom he may devour. What does devour mean? To eat you, to bite you, to use his teeth. He can't use his teeth. He can't hurt you at first. All he can do is roar. All he can do is intimidate all he can do is project a thought into your mind when you're are you listening to me? When you have a thought of fear and anxiety about what you've just prayed for the lion has just roared That's right, The lion right. is trying to intimidate you by putting that thought in your mind. He cannot touch you his Teeth cannot touch you. He cannot bring it to pass. He cannot devour you if you resist that roar and that thought steadfastly because of your faith. What is your faith? I believe that I have received my answer. You will not, you're a liar. You will not do what you're saying. I'm telling you. With those two lawsuits, I'm telling you, one is dealt with, one is not dealt with, yet we're still waiting. But I'm telling you, every now and then, an overwhelming tidal wave of fear will come. And he will try to project thoughts in my mind. But I've claimed it. I've told the devil to take his hands off that situation. The angels have been dispatched to cause the outcome to be to my good favor because they lied about me. They lied like a rug about me, Jennifer. They totally lied. What they said is completely untrue. It's my word against theirs, but God knows that innocency was found in me. So the angels are working. I praise God; it'll all be thrown out in Jesus' name. I call that answer. I call that situation resolved. I will not look at the situation. Lord, I cast my care. I cast my care. I cast my care. I cast my care. The concern, the concern, the fear of it. I cast it over unto you, and, I, and then I feel peace. But then a little while later, this thing will come. It's a real devil, and he's the, he roars. Why? He puts a thought in my mind, an image in my mind, a thought in my mind that it's not gonna happen the way I believed God it was gonna happen. And that's the intimidation. He's intimidating me. He wants me to take that thought and believe it because if I do now he can move from the intimidation roar tactic the thought tactic to actually a devouring tactic where now I open the door for him to get directly involved in that scenario and actually destroy me and to manifest in the physical realm the destruction that I he's trying to make me afraid of. It could be death if you're sick. It could be losing your house if it's finance. It could be going to jail if somebody's lying about you. Whatever that ultimate negative outcome is, if you let him in, he will devour you and try to cause that to actually manifest in this realm. But he can't do that with just a roar. He's just trying to see if you'll take the thought. Yes. Now, if you resist steadfastly with your faith, what is your faith? I believe I have received the outcome that God's word says. Now the thought is saying you're not going to get the outcome that God has says, and you say, No, I will get the The outcome according to my faith and trust and belief in God. See, I've resisted him according to what I'm believing God for the final outcome to be. I'm resisting him steadfastly according to my act of faith, my release of faith. So this is how he does it. He will bring, he's he knows you've cast your care, he knows you've decided not to worry, but he's going to bring a thought into your mind. So I'm not going to quote it for sake of time, but let me remind you that it says in Matthew 6, if you're writing notes, 25 31 to 34 verse 25 says take no thought and verse th- and verse 31 to 34 Constantly in each of those verses talks about don't take the thought and then it adds the words with it adds the phrase Saying don't take the thought." saying don't take the thought." saying don't be afraid don't meditate on the problem Don't be and the taking the thought means you're taking the worry See, He's trying to plant thoughts in you don't take the thought of worry that the devil is trying to intimidate you with Because if you take the thought and even worse if you say the thought Thought. But even if you just meditate on the thought without saying it you're going to open a door. But especially if you say that thought of fear and worry, the devil's going to come in and have a right to devour and have a right to manifest what you were afraid of to begin with. So don't take the thought saying. And don't take the thought at all. Don't even meditate on it. Praise God. Just when the thought comes, resist him. Say how do you resist him? Say it. You got to say it. Jennifer, I get so fed up with people. They're such pansies. They just talk they Well, the the Lord knows my heart. The Lord knows my heart. The The Lord knows your heart, but the Lord knows your heart not enough. You got to open up your mouth your big that big trap there that you shovel food in every day You got to open up that big gaping mouth and you're going to start saying some things You're going to start saying and having your heart attached to your words and say what you believe and believe what you say Praise God you've got to start saying I cast my care unto the father for he is well able to take care of me And he cares for me and when that thought comes no, no, I said no I cast it and I will not take it. I will not say it. I resist you, you will not manifest, you're trying to intimidate me. It will never get to the devouring stage. Devil, I'm not stupid. I'm not ignorant of your devices, and you can't take, you t- can't take advantage of me. I resist you, Father. I cast that care afresh onto you. I cast it onto you. I cast it onto you. I garner my mind. I call it in. It will be according to my words. I call, I call the situation resolved. Name it. I call my body healed. I call the finances strong. I call the case thrown out of court. I will not not consider the problem. I will not be afraid. I cast the care and I rejoice. See, I'm going back to number four. I praise you, Father. It'll all come to pass. It'll all come to pass. It'll all come to pass. And sometimes, depending on the attack, you may have to do that 10, 20, 30 times a day where you actually have to dismiss yourself and get away from somebody so you can verbalize it because you can't do that if you're around other people. And don't do it if you're around other people unless they're faith people because they think you're crazy. Don't do that at work in your cubicle. Let everybody hear you. Dismiss yourself to the handicapped bathroom. That's right. you, you may back. not be handicapped, but they're the best places to get away to pray. Praise God. <laughs> and nobody can get in because you can lock the door. Amen. You say, Pastor, you advocating using handicapped bathroom? 110% I am. Now, hopefully there's no handicapped people that need the bathroom. If there's a handicapped person that needs the bathroom, then come out and let the handicapped person use the bathroom. Then go right back in afterward. I used to do that working at Customs. Because there was a couple of handicapped people there, and then you, I went in there. They just knock on the door, Craig, you, <laughs> Craig, you in there? Yeah, oh, you need it? Yeah, I need it. I'll, I'm coming out. And then they go in with their wheelchair. They come out. You can go back in now. I mean, people got to know that that was my prayer closet. I don't really give a flying rip what anybody thinks, because at customs there was no privacy anywhere but I had the handicap bathroom. So whatever you have to do, find, go to your car, go to your shower, go to another room, go to, go to a, somewhere, go to a stairwell and start to say, you gotta say it, I cast my care onto the Father, I can feel this thing hitting me, I refuse, I resist you devil, I will not be afraid in Jesus' name. Remember, I won't read it for sake of time, but I'll give you the reference. You can read it later. Second Chronicles 14, 11. King Asa has got the big problem. All these people want to kill him. And I love this line. It says, we rest upon you and we lean on you for you are our strength. What he's saying is, I cast my care. I'm resting and I'm leaning on you, Father, because you're going to take care of us. See, that's casting your care. Another one is King Jehoshaphat. Remember when all those attackers came against him? That's 2 Chronicles 20, verse 12. And he says, Father, uh, we don't know how we're going to do this, but our eyes are on you. We're looking at you. Father, now this applies to the previous verse, you know, don't consider your own body, keep your eyes on him. But part of keeping your eyes on him is also casting your care. Lord, I will feel to worry. I'm just going to look at you. I refuse to be afraid. I'm going to look at you. I look at you. My eyes are on you. I love those very poetic verses in the Old Testament. They're beautiful. Don't forget Second Corinthians 10 5 says, take captive every thought unto the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means you have a right to control your own thoughts. And not let the devil control them for you. You take captive your thought. God's not going to do it for you. He's given you the authority and he'll give you the help, but you've got to do it. Praise God. And also finally, don't forget Romans 8, 6 says, be spiritually minded, which is life and peace, not carnally minded, which is death. To be spiritually minded means keeping your mind on the spiritual, on the word, on victory, on what God said. If you're spiritually minded, there'll be life there'll be power, grace, peace, victory, breakthrough, anointing. Keep your mind on the things of God, not letting your mind worry about the situation. So get your, don't consider and cast. Don't consider and cast. Are you got me? We're going to thank God and we're going to call it and we're going to not consider our bodies or our circumstances or our financial situation and we're going to cast the concern and the care and we're going to do it intentionally and when he tries to come back with an intimidating roar we're going to resist him and we're not going to open a door for him to devour us. Listen my brother and sister if you give yourself to those thoughts and to those words that accompany those thoughts you'll open the door the devil will take you out. He'll destroy your finances. That job will never manifest, and you'll die of that sickness. But if you resist him steadfastly, you will win. Amen. I'm teaching you life. The last point here—I know it's twelve ten, but we have just enough time. The last point, and this is a very important point, and this is called—it's uh, also actually a C, but but it's it's kind of in its own category. It's called corresponding action. And this is a very important uh, element of faith. Everything we've talked about so far, Jenny, is all about words. Yeah. I claim it. Yeah. I rebuke the devil. I release the angels. I praise. I call. I consider not. And I cast. Amen. But if I don't do corresponding action as the spirit leads, the Bible says that my faith won't work. Oh, yeah. So all the seven things I've done before will have will work, but limitedly if i don't do corresponding action when the lord prompts me yeah. but i've only got to do it when the lord prompts me and when the holy ghost leads me cuz my main job is to say but then i also have to do corresponding action so can we read that quickly in the book of james chapter 2 and verse 14 james chapter 2 and verse 14 hallelujah the lord is with us amen i hope i hope the word of god is helping you today. Praise God. It's helping me. I'm the one preaching it, but it sure is helping me. Praise the Lord. Amen. James chapter 2 and verse 14, and it says, what does it profit my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Now there's many translations, but I'm just going to read you a couple of them. Is James chapter 2 and verse 14, and it says here in the Passion Translation, my dear brothers and sisters, what good is it if someone claims to have faith, but demonstrates no good works to prove it? In other words, there is a, I like that word demonstrate, there is an act, there's an action, there's a deed that has to work with your faith. In other words, actions work with your faith. You can say a lot of stuff, but you sometimes have to do things to prove. But faith, uh, if someone claims to have faith, but demonstrates no good actions, works, or deeds to prove it. Some of the ways that you prove your faith is with action. And let me also read it to you, please, if you don't mind. What did I say? James chapter 2 and verse 14, and the Bible says in the Amplified Classic translation, it says, what is the use or profit, my brethren, for anyone to profess to have faith if he has no good works to show for it? Uh, If he has no good works to show for it. Now, another translation says, no corresponding action to prove it. In other words, faith without corresponding action is void of power. That's what one translation says. You gotta have deeds, actions, and corresponding actions to prove your faith works to work in other words to prove it means to work with your faith the the actions don't cause it to happen the action works with your faith your faith is your words so your actions work with your words your words are the primary but actions are secondary but you still need actions corresponding action working with your verbalized faith in order TO WORK WITH IT, TO PROVE IT IN ORDER FOR IT TO ACTUALLY MANIFEST TO YOU. SO I LIKE THAT TRANSLATION THAT SAYS FAITH WITHOUT CORRESPONDING ACTION IS VOID OF POWER. IN OTHER WORDS, YOU CAN'T JUST SAY IT, YOU'VE ALSO GOT TO DO CORRESPONDING ACTION WHEN THE RIGHT TIME IS. LET ME GIVE YOU A COUPLE OTHER EXAMPLES OF THIS. FOR EXAMPLE, the, in, in, IN JOHN CHAPTER 2, I WON'T READ IT FOR SAKE OF TIME, BUT JOHN 2, 7-9, to nine, the, JESUS SAID, POUR THE WATER INTO THE POTS and then pour it out. Their action, they they didn't just say something, they had to act. They had to take the water and those big, heavy, multi-gallon you know containers they had physical work hard work they had to pour the water and then start pouring the water out into the smaller vessels to go into the wine goblets their job that correspond they believed but they had to do action they had to put a corresponding action with their faith it wasn't enough just to say the water will be turned into wine they had to act And as they poured the water, the Bible says, as it was poured, God turned it into wine. God did the miracle, they did the work. The feeding of the 5,000, they didn't just say it. They had to sit down and they had to pass out the bread. As they passed it out, As they did the corresponding action, the power of God multiplied it. The lady didn't just say that the oil would work. The lady had to go and borrow vessels and pour the oil. As she did the corresponding action, the power of God manifested. You see, there there was one thing with the words, but there's another thing with the action. You need both. Now, what about that lady with the issue of blood? She said, she said, if I may touch his garment, I will be healed. But then what did she do? She put corresponding action. Otherwise, what her words said wouldn't have wouldn't have worked. It would have been void of power. What did she do? She left her house. Against Jewish law, could have been stoned because she was unclean. Pushed through the crowd, touching people inadvertently would have still got her stoned because she was unclean. By touching them, they would have been unclean. But she did a, a great corresponding action of pushing through the crowd and touching him. Then the power of God manifested and she was there. What about blind Bartimaeus? He didn't just say son of God he was saying but then he cast away his cloak which gave him the right to beg according to Roman law and Jewish law he had to have a special garment when he cast that away he was saying my confidence is not in my ability to beg I'm believing that God is going to heal me Jesus you're going to restore my sight he did corresponding action and came and then they Jesus had come to me you see there was a corresponding action and then the power of god manifested when he came jesus healed them you see story after story after story after story and of a, of an action they did something they released their faith not just with their mouth but with their corresponding action and god honored it are you with me my brother and sister do you see what i'm saying to you and how that works praise god There is a corresponding action. Remember, 1 Corinthians 12, I won't get into it, but it says, God the Father is in charge of operations. Jesus, the Son, is in charge of administration. And the Holy Spirit, the third person, is part of manifestation. In the beginning, it was that way. God spoke, Jesus did what God said, administrated it, did it, and the Holy Ghost manifested it. Well, it's the same idea with us as a believer. We, because we have God's nature in us, we are to speak, which is the control of the operation of the fact. That's what the first seven is all speaking different kinds of speaking. Then we are to act out and administrate or do what we've been saying, which is like what Jesus, the second person, is the administrator. He's the creator. He does the work of the word of the Father. So we speak, see, we're, we're made in his image and in his likeness. We look like him and we act like him. If this is the way that Godhead works, speaking, doing, manifesting, this is the way that we work because we're made in his image. So we, we also speak and then we do corresponding action or administration or, or deeds to work with our words and then of course the holy ghost because we can't manifest it but the holy ghost the manifester same as in the trinity same with us we speak and we do corresponding action we run the operation with words and we run the operation secondarily with administration or action then the holy ghost comes and manifests what we're believing god for so we can see it in this natural realm you see this divine order in first corinthians 12 and it also applies in our lives today praise the lord so do what you need to do naturally faith without corresponding action is dead. It doesn't work fully. Do the first seven, because it's all words and critically important, but don't forget corresponding action is also required. So believe, claim, and and, and take it by force. Command the devil to take his hands off it. Command the angels to go and release it. Both those are C's as well. Praise the Lord, worship him, and now you got four C's. What, what, What is the first thing that you do? Do you remember? I don't know, Taylor, are you paying attention? I don't know if they're paying attention. Do they remember what that first thing is? Number five, call. Call those things that be not as though they are. Call it. Thank God. I call my crooked legs straight. Thank God we have 35,000. I believe it. Now, what do next? ask Don't look at the problem. Consider not. Don't look at the situation. When cast, verbalize, initially, intentionally, cast your care. When the thought, try, fear tries to come back, cast your care. Father, I cast my care. Father, I praise you. And I call it. I praise you. And I won't consider. I praise you. And I cast my care. I pray you. And now, number eight, I do corresponding action. As you prompt me, I do corresponding action. What corresponding action do you want me to do today, Father? I'm saying that I have a harvest, but maybe I need to put corresponding action and sow a financial seed. You see, offerings is a corresponding action. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me give you two quick stories. It's 1220, and then we will close the service. But i got to give you these two because it will illustrate it beautifully. What I did with the hanger and what Pastor Jerry did, Brother Jerry Savell did, same story. I didn't know it until after the fact. He told me on the way driving up there, he told me about his story, and it was exactly the same story, details a little bit different, but exactly the same principle. God told me, if you really believe that you've got a plane, where are you going to park it? God told him the same thing. I said, well, Lord, shouldn't I get the plane first and then be concerned about where to park it? He said, but that's not putting corresponding action to your faith. If you're saying you have a plane and you're calling in your plane and you're not considering the impossibility of getting a plane and you're casting your care of the plane over onto me and you've claimed it, you've claimed it and you've commanded the devil and you've commanded the angels... And you're praising me and worshiping me and glorifying me, and now you're doing all these things, but you've got to also do corresponding action." So he said, "The way that you show me and prove to me that you really believe what you say is do something." I said, "Lord, how do I do something to show you that I have a plan?" He said, "Go buy, go buy a hanger. where are you going to park it?" That would be an act of faith. And I did it. And then when I drove Jer- Jerry up there, he told me that he the same thing happened with him that God told him, "If you really believe you've got it, buy a hanger, do an act. A corresponding act according to your faith. And he did. Now with him, he couldn't get the hangar. There were no hangers available, but God told him as he's talking to the manager of the airport, God gave him a word and, and uh, unusual, but he looked at the manager and he said, I'm a preacher and I need a hanger for my plane. And if I don't get a hanger for my plane and I don't have a place to park my plane, then I can't get a plane. And if I don't get the plane because I don't have the hangar, I won't be able to fly and preach as much. And people will die and go to hell if I don't get to them. There's certain people that will only be saved because of the call on my life. And he looked right under the anointing. You can't just do this without the anointing and he pointed his finger right at that manager he told me this and he says do you want on your conscience the blood of those people's innocence their eternity in hell do you want it on your conscience do you want to hold that blood because you won't sell me a hanger but he did that under the anointing he didn't do that as a manipulation. And the man broke down. He was actually a Christian, which Brother Jerry didn't know. And he said, my God, no. He said, no, I must help you. I must help you. And he gave Jerry his hanger. And that's how Jerry got the hanger, even though when no hangers is available. With me, different scenario, but same principle. I started reaching out my faith. There was no hangers available. There was nothing on their website. There was nothing anywhere. The Lord said, keep checking their website. I said, Lord, there's nothing there. Keep checking. I found it on the weather page in an obscure corner. It was their coding was messed up on their website and there was one hanger available on the weather section. Because I, I wouldn't quit because God said keep checking the website and it wasn't where it should be so I kept looking till I found it and there was a bidding war on that hanger, the only hanger available and the best hanger in the whole airport available they call it the Taj Mahal because it's the nicest hangar with the best upgrades there was a bidding war but for whatever reason the people wouldn't write in writing to the lady that and she would have given it to the first person who sent her an email but those angels were influencing those men to bid against it not to write because the first person to send an email she would have given it to and when I showed up on the scene, uh, she said, well, do you want to send an email? I don't know why it doesn't make any sense But they refuse they won't send me an email even though i've asked them and, and I said i'll send you one right now While we're standing here and while we stood there I sent her the email I wouldn't let her leave until she got it in her inbox and she said, okay You've given me your intent in writing the is yours within less than an hour of me leaving the conversation People started calling her over 12 people started calling her I want the hanger and emails started flooding in from the people that were bidding before and new people started sending 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 her emails in writing because that was her rule. And it happened an hour after I did that deal because those angels were watching over and protecting that hanger because it was for Promise of Life Church. Supernatural. Same thing with my new home. Angels watched over it. Within an hour of signing the paperwork, all these people started offering above asking price and we were $200,000 200000 under asking price. God held it for us. Same with that hanger. All people were offering her way more money. She just wanted to sell it for what she bought it for and not make a profit. They were offering her up to $100,000 more than what the hanger was worth. And we, we just paid the price she asked, which was $75,000 under, uh, under the, 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 what it should be because it's 15 years old, it's appreciated in value, and yet we paid 75 less than what the current value is. Other people were offering up to 100 over what the current value was, but that angel was watching over it for us. I'm telling you, those angels are real and they work. Praise God. But I had to do a corresponding action. I couldn't just say, well, I'm believing for an airplane. God wanted to see, do I believe what I'm saying by my works, by my actions? And so by doing that, that, that purchase of the hangar, praise God. Do you realize, I don't know if some of you realize, but uh, the Lord brought it to my attention. You go, I didn't really realize it either. But the same week that we bought the hangar, a year later, which was this last April, the very same week we bought the airplane. Talk about God having cycles and seasons that are so flawless. That same week in April that we bought the hangar, exactly a year later, the same week, different day, but the same week, of that month of April, a year later, the airplane came into our name. Praise God, I'm telling you. And the Lord said to me when I bought it, he said, it will be about a year. And it was a year to the very week. Glory to God. So I'm telling you, corresponding action is very... Dad Hagen, when he was saying, I believe I'm healed, I believe I receive, I'm healed from my heart, con- my heart uh, disease and my blood condition and my deformed, my deformed heart and my, and, my, and my paralysis, he kept saying it and saying it and saying it until the Holy Ghost finally said to him, then spirit-led action... Uh, a healthy boy would not be lying in bed sick at 10 in the morning swing your legs out all he had been doing was saying it he was doing those first seven points but now he had to do corresponding action he swung his legs out even though he had to grab him and pull him because they're paralyzed and when his feet hit the floor and he grabbed the board and he started to pull himself up by faith that's when the power of God came on him like hot honey and it felt like a thousand pinpricks all over his body and the nerve endings all came back to life this was an incurable disease no medical help available. And not only was his legs healed, the paralysis left, he started walking around his bedroom, but the blood was healed and the deformed heart was healed. And he lived till 86 years old, preached for 70 years. I'm telling you, there was a corresponding action required to his faith. Last story, the pastor in Kenya who heard about Jerry Savell and heard him preach about corresponding action and he needed that sound system. You've heard me say, he took a piece of cardboard and drew with a marker knob and took took some tape and took a a, a rope and attached it like a cord at the back and took a piece of wood and hand carved it into a microphone and put that rope on that microphone and taped it with scotch tape and he said to the congregation I believe I have received my new sound system and some of them mocked him and some of them praised because they knew what he was doing and for a year he preached into a piece of wood for a year he did he showed God he believed him he didn't just say I believe I have received the new sound system he acted like he had a new sound system I know some of you say that's extreme, but I'm telling you, it worked. He preached in that piece of wood for a year until a big black car pulled up out of the blue one day. And the pastor said, and the man, the businessman from Nairobi said, God sent me here to this. Where's the pastor of this church? And he said, I'm the pastor. He said, have you been believing for a sound system? He said, yes. He said, I was in Nairobi and God told me to buy a pastor of this village, a sound system. And he opened up the back doors in the trunk and there was the mixing board and the speakers and cords and microphones. And that Sunday, that man's faith, which he was doing, by faith, not by sight, it turned into sight. And he, and he threw out that wooden microphone and he took a real microphone and he said, I've been saying that we have a new sound system and I've been acting and showing God, I believe him that we have a new sound system, but now we actually have the new sound system. And then to top matters off, if that wasn't good enough, that pastor started to get so excited. He said, my God, if this works for a sound system, it can work for cars. And so he told us, they're poor Africans in Kenya. And he said, start, let's all believe God. for God's going to bless us. God's going to give us business ideas. God's going to increase us and that we're all going to drive cars. This is a village. Nobody drove cars. That black car that came in was the only car that ever come in there. Nobody drove cars in that village. But that pastor started to say, let's believe by faith. And the congregation started to say, Lord, we believe we receive our new car. Lord, we believe we receive it. We believe we receive it. They did these steps. Then the pastor said, Lord, how do we show you that we corresponding action that we believe you for cars? What do I do? Do I drive around? act like I'm steering. What do I do? And the Holy Ghost spoke to him. See, spirit led corresponding action and the Spirit of God spoke to him and said if you believe you've got a car where are you going to park it and he said I don't know he said why don't you make a parking lot so the man got a paint can and he started making lines in the dirt and he made all these lines a parking lot and every day he'd come in and say father I declare those that parking lot is filled with cars and the congregation was so excited about the sound system the mockers got on board and they started saying I call that parking lot full of cars thank you Lord we are full of cars we've got a whole parking lot designed, And it wasn't long before the first person got their car. Then the next person got their car. And and I heard from another pastor that when they went back there years later, the place was filled with cars. The parking lot was full because God honors faith and he honors, honors corresponding action with your faith. Don't forget, my brother and sister, claim what you need. Command the devil to take his hands off it. Command the angels to go and cause it to come. Celebrate is, it's all C's. Celebrate, which is another word for praise. Celebration and praise. Celebrate and praise God that it's coming to pass, that he's working behind the scenes what's the next one? Uh, call those things in that be not as though they are. Consider not your circumstance and the impossibility of it. Cast your care unto the Lord and do corresponding action as the Holy Ghost leads you. Eight glorious seas and they work. Because Pastor Craig with a C told you and Jesus Christ with a C told me. Eh? Jenny, I've got seas everywhere you look. I've got seas coming out. Praise God. Jesus told us in his word, and your pastor is telling you, and it works. It works. Claim it. Command the devil. Command the angels. Celebrate and praise. Call it in. Consider not cast your care and do corresponding spirit-led action. And you'll see whatever it is that you're believing for, I guarantee it'll come to pass. Not because I say so, but because God said so in his word. And I've proved it over and over and over and over and over. Jenny and I, we keep proving it. Jenny, I'm so glad it's a faith walk that we get to prove it to the day that we go home to be with the Lord. We get to prove it on big things. We get to prove it on little things. We get to prove it on our bodies when they don't work right. We get to prove it with our kids. We get to prove it with the ministry. This stuff works, my brother and sister. Work it and it will work. Remember, this is the victory that overcomes your faith. Your faith will bring overcoming victory. Hallelujah. I bless them, Father. I thank you for the tithers and givers and the giving and the maintenance fund, the repair fund today. I thank you, Lord, that you bless every listener. You bless every congregation member that is tuned in. Thank you for the words that Reverend Sandy said. You will take the little. See, both those people, Father, had corresponding action. Both that lady, the the, the lady with the oil and then the little boy with the lunch and the disciples, corresponding action. Lord, you do it. You do it this way. This is the way that you've set it up and we yield to it. Thank you, Lord, for all the help that you've given us in this service. Thank you for the anointing that came on my wife. I so respect and honor your anointing. Thank you, Lord, that she spoke just shortly, but from her heart about how she sees by the Spirit of God that there's such increase that you want for our church and that you are getting this revelation over to them week in and week out, and there's more to come than they even imagine. Father, I bless you and I thank you for all the videos, the congregation members that love me and I love them. Thank you for my staff that have such a help to me. Father, my heart is overwhelmed with love and appreciation for you. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you that I'm a covenant man through you. Thank you for your precious blood. Thank you for eternity. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're my first love and that you're promise of life's first love. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and we give you all the glory. And everybody said, amen.